Since our first breath. My father is here. He's with us in this room. He's standing next to me now and sitting next to you. He's outside appreciating the sunlight. He's in the canteen sipping on some coffee and at home waiting for us to return. He is so happy right now, seeing the faces and shirts, hearing the prayers, living the memories. We've got loved ones here over the internet and with us in spirit. And he is beside each and every one of us, beaming with pride, soaking up the love and admiration. He is such a formidable force, a gentleman, a friendly face. His character dominates. His presence dominates. When he's with people who he likes, loves, respects or admires, he comes to life. He's always been an outgoing soul to everyone he's met, always cracking jokes or laughing about something, rarely taking things seriously or worrying about things that were out of his control. He never argued nor fell out with anyone. He hated conflict and loved life, both at home and at work. He's been on the buses for most of his adult life. I'm now starting to wonder if my love for Preston, for the bus station, the people, only actually exists because I've spent my entire life viewing it through my dad's lens, his positive energy beaming through all this time. I used to live with him on the buses. I'd join him on routes, have grannies offer me money, tag along on private hire for Morris dancer groups and all sorts. In later years, and as a child, joining him, my sisters, Jenny, on the Preston bus day trips. Any time I fundraised for charity, Dad would make a point to get donations, drivers not even knowing me throwing change into his metaphorical bucket, which I take more as an indicator of the respect they had for their colleague, my dad. As a fully grown adult, even now, I cannot emphasise the joy I would feel meeting him on his lunch break or seeing him drive past in a bus in town. He was such a beam of light. It's fair to say he mixed his personal work-life balance pretty well. The love of his life working by his side for the last two decades meant his workplace wasn't the typical prison sentence some of us might feel our places of work to be. Add to the mix the friendships he'd formed over the years the support he'd given to colleagues and management, the laughs and banter he'd have in the canteen, often over claiming yet another win on the bandit machines. Dad always signed up for overtime, in part so he could enjoy eagerly awaited five-star holidays, even ordering limousines to drive him and us to the airport from his Brookfield terraced house. He loved seeking the most luxurious resorts in the most exotic locations for him and Jenny and those of us who were able to join. He worked hard and played hard, driving the buses till midnight or waking at four in the morning. I won't lie, I never understood how he did it and it was difficult to see at times and we would have open, honest conversations about his lifestyle, his finances, the future, his health 
and he embraced and appreciated those conversations, but still would pretty much carry on as normal. An example, Jenny would make him the most beautiful, healthiest of salads for lunch. Seriously gorgeous salads, but then a few hours later, we'd be going out for dinner where he'd devour multiple portions of garlic bread with cheese, half a roast chicken with ribs on the side, extra onion rings, and why not, more garlic bread. All washed down with three pints of Pepsi Max and followed up with a sharing Sunday for four, usually enjoyed by just me and him. Oh, he was a funny guy. There was a very heartfelt and sincere side to him too, something all of us will have had first-hand experience of. Moments where he'd gone out of his way to do something, potentially only small, but significant enough to remind us of how big his heart was. His auntie Pat and Jenny, both of whom he absolutely doted on, are probably two of the most recent recipients of his affection. But for all of us, Dad was caring when there were problems, and for me, always knew exactly what to say and what to do. This warm-hearted demeanour, along with his chilled outlook, has undoubtedly shaped my life. Doing what makes you happy, getting out there and living, not worrying too much, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. I like to think I did tell you more than enough times, Dad, but I do love you so much, and I'm so proud of you, and your life, and your relationship with Jenny, and I'm so incredibly in love with my life because of you, and I know you were proud of me too, you were proud of all of us, and that you loved all of us, and our partners as well. Anyone that we loved, he would love, and welcome into his home like his own, John and Danny being perfect examples. I can only imagine the pride there would have been on his face at Gavin Amy's wedding, but I saw firsthand, we all would have, how happy he would get, how excited he would be about the different elements of all our lives. Whether it was Darren's university studies and interest in nutrition, Daniel's dedication to his kids, whom my dad took away on holiday, supporting Marie, John, Luke and Pip with their church activities, raving it up in Mexico with Louise, or footy, food and TV and film with Heather and Gavin, although there were clear differences there. Harry Potter being a major cause for debate. He loved my writing, which is why I was so determined to do this today. But yeah, fundamentally, our passions were his passions. He embodies love, personifies devotion and emits enthusiasm. A stranger to no one, a friendly face to all. Scientifically, I am half of him. 23 of the chromosomes that make me who I am are identical to his. Darren is half of him. Louise and Marie, half of him. Genetically, we are half the man who once stood before us, and I take great pride and comfort in that. His love for life and refusal to fear things out of his control could sadly be a factor as to why we are here now. He refused to spend the last 12 months living in fear, nor subscribing to panic, very much adopting the attitude of what will be, will be. He lived his life and loved his life and would have hated to have spent it isolated in a room. Hindsight can obviously create a whole range of alternate scenarios now, but he would hate for anyone to feel guilt or regret or feelings of shudder woulda couldas. 
as he might say, it is what it is. One source of comfort I do have is that he and Jerry went into hospital together, hand in hand, and that he chose to go to sleep, and that he wasn't in too much pain, and that from his perspective, he fully expected to wake up, and as difficult and as heartbreaking as all of this is, I am so filled with joy, even now, just thinking about him and talking about him. He has been, and will continue to be, such a light in so many of our lives. For me, Louise, Marie and Darren, he has literally been by our sides since our first breath. For Heather and Gavin and Jenny, for more than 20 years, my mum, nearly 50, Auntie Jill and Christine, his equally warm-hearted, beautiful, fabulous sisters, and their gorgeous Auntie Pat, what, their entire lives together. Speaking of Stoke, I have to slip in a couple of amusing anecdotes. So when my dad moved to Preston from his family home in Stoke to feed his love for buses, he signed up for a mystery bus tour at the bus station. Would you believe the mystery destination, which he didn't learn about until they arrived, was in fact Stoke? <laughs> Fast forward a little and we see Clive with his first ever car, a delicate little freewheel Reliant Robin. He used to drive that fibreglass death trap long distance down to Stoke and up to Scotland with our mum and my brother and sisters all crammed inside and our neighbours on Clayton Brook would apparently just look at him in amazement. Now he obviously went on to, to own much better and well actual cars and become a much better driver but one day whilst driving, whilst overtaking a cyclist the cyclist's seat got clipped by and stuck to his wing mirror. My dad dragged this poor cyclist along the road at 30 miles per hour for a good kilometre before realising. Of course, it isn't just about the length of time that any of us might have known dad. It's about the moments, the memories, the gestures of goodwill, the shared experiences... Indeed, there'll be people who he spent a minimal amount of time with, who he could have had an equally profound impact on. There'll be people who might not even know his name, who might not even know any of this has happened, who'll one day realise that they've not seen that friendly, funny, sarcastic bus driver for a while and wonder where he's gone. For us, the impact he's had, these bonds don't disappear simply because he isn't physically beside us. They can or will live through us. Spiritual connections are such an overwhelming source of strength and he'll be walking beside us for as long as we need or want him to. There's no doubt in my mind that he'll be part of all our future memories, watching new grandchildren be born and watching Luke and Pippa grow, watching the rest of us fall in love and marry the loves of our lives, watching out to see who'll now pocket all the money from the canteen bandit machine. The magnitude of his character is such that just thinking about him will bring him right back into the room with us. Like now. He is here with us in this room. He's standing next to me. He's sitting next to you. He's outside appreciating the sunlight. He's in the canteen sipping on some coffee. He's at home waiting for us to return.
He will forever be a part of us. Clive, John Neal, dad, loving husband, brother, grandfather, friend, uncle, colleague, nephew and son. Forever part of all of our lives. Happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs>